Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we've got Frederick Joy on the show. Hey, Frederick, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks, Ben. How are you? I'm really, really well, Frederick. Uh, I'm a little jealous. I think you're in a much more beautiful part of the world than I am right now. But uh, uh, Frederick is the co-founder and the chief growth officer for Arcanis. Arcanis is a software development outsourcing company. Uh, they're based in Philippines and have connections with Switzerland. And we're going to go through their business model because it's a really, really unique and quite, um, I'd say, entrepreneurially supportive business model. But before we get to talk about Arcanis, um, Frederick, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your career today. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm, I'm Swiss and um, I've been working my whole life more or less um, close to outsourcing projects. So first for an insurance company in Switzerland, where I was looking after uh, the rewriting of the entire Based software of the of the company with with uh, with India, um, then I moved to to a private bank in also in Switzerland uh, where I was looking after some outsourcing operations as well. Um, before moving to a um, one of the first fintechs in Switzerland actually in 2000 and, uh, 2008, and then in two thousand and nine I moved to Hong Kong and partnered with uh, with Alan Alan De Bonneville, who's today my business partner and the my co founder. At Arcanis, we've moved to the Philippines in 2010 to actually start Arcanis, um, and we are based in in Cebu in in the Philippines. That's wonderful. Well, the Philippines is a great place to be, and all of those places are, are exciting. and And so, tell us a little bit more, Frederick, about what you guys have built with Arcanis. I'm really excited about some of the things that you guys are working on. Yeah, so we we are a as you said, software development outsourcing company. Um, what we do is we help entrepreneurs and and um, mostly SMEs, but also some Fortune 500 companies um, extend their development capabilities with uh, with developers from from the Philippines at the moment. Um, and we do so by helping them find uh, good talents um, at a really quicker pace, and also, of course, uh, with with some cost savings. Um, we also help young companies try to structure their, their development processes uh, as well. So we're not just a staffing company, if you want. We are a full-blown um, software development company. With, uh, we have senior architects from Europe that are working with us. Um, and we try to help these companies become a lot more efficient in how fast they build their, their software and how well they, how well they do it. That's great. And, and I know that one of the things that Arcanis has going on is your Arcanis Labs uh, group. And it sounds to me that that's starting to blossom. So tell me more about how Arcanis Labs works. Yeah, so we've actually recently renamed Arcanis Labs to Arcanis Ventures because we think it, it portrays better what we're trying to do. Um, and we are investing in 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 startups or in scale-ups um, 
with software um, development for equity. So basically, we help accelerate uh, the development of, of, of these companies when they are um, raising funds. So we never just come alone, but when they, when they are raising uh, funds uh, and they are open to such a model, um, then we come in and, and really, I mean, at least double their development power uh, for, for a certain period of time. And we come in with tickets from that range from um, 100,000 to 500,000 US dollars. Um, and can be done in various tranches or different ways where they would go all for um, for equity or they would have a mix of payments and equity. We've started this with our existing clients, actually, when, um, when we started working with them, we saw that the collaboration was going well and they thought the same about us. Um, and when they were raising funds, um, they usually would let us know that they're trying to raise funds. And, and at some point we said, look, uh, for some of the companies that we were really interested in that we like collaborating with, where we believed in the team and the, and the product behind, we said, okay, well, uh, we'd be interested in investing. Would you want to have us on board? And um, most of them said yes. And that's basically how we started um, this, this investment. And we've, we've had some really nice news actually the, the, this week um, uh, where... Uh, two of our investments are in, I would say, really nice phases. One is is doing an actual exit. So it's signed, it's been announced. Um, uh, this company has been purchased by ASICS, the, the, the Japanese shoe company. Um, so that was a really nice, uh, really nice exit for us and for the company. And, and the second one, I can't give names, but um, it is also really going well to a merger. So it's two two really mature startups going to merge and then raise a, a serious uh, round of financing uh, to to keep on on growing. That's spectacular news! Uh, congratulations, and I love Asics. So uh, I purchased a pair recently because I'm trying to prepare for. Uh, the Miami Marathon right now. So wow! Okay, I, 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 I live I live in my Asics these days. So awesome! Okay, um, that's great. So so that's a great company to have sold sold that business to. And and so, you know, one of my questions, Frederick, would be the types of projects. I mean, startups are working on some really interesting technologies these days mm-hmm. with uh, machine learning and and really all of the all of the different variations on on blockchain. And I'd just yeah. be curious, uh, are you guys working across all of those different elements? So not really. Uh, and I think the reason is, uh, first, in the Philippines, it's um, in terms of the, the super new skills, if you want, such as AI, ML, and, and stuff like that, it, it, the, skill comes, the skills come always a bit later than in, you know, in the US and Europe and, and stuff like that. And the second part is, I think, because these technologies are really at the core of what the companies are doing themselves, I don't think it's a part that they're willing really to outsource at the beginning because that's the part they really have to um, probably do a lot of research on. And there's a lot of stuff that needs to be really close to the business. So we had some uh, inquiries about these blockchain stuff and and AIML, but it's usually coming from companies who I think would like to use these words more like buzzwords, whereas the serious companies do this internally. And for for AI and ML, uh, there's also a need of really huge amounts of data. So when you are a very young company uh, with you know few users and stuff like that, then there's no real need for that. You need maybe advanced algorithms and stuff like that, but you don't need 
you don't need that, uh, except if your business model is really based on based on that. And that's not the market we're tapping into at the moment. Um, we actually have tried to build that capability. We hired an AI ML guy from, from uh, the Netherlands um, and we're ready to scale that team with training people and stuff like that. But the demand wasn't actually, wasn't actually there. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good point. And I think that what you just outlined is almost best practices, really, of how you should consider kind of outsourcing, which is maybe that core, the core uh, seed idea of the, the most complex elements of the technology should be right. should be managed and developed by a, a core in-house group and then and then you and then you kind of work with a, a broader team to bring it to life and to expand and and the data piece i think is also an excellent point um there's just no no data you know for those for those types of businesses you don't have the data yet so yes but, uh, that's but, right but uh you're gonna get it soon that's excellent well um frederick tell me a little bit more i mean we've been living through this unusual moment um you know the last 18 mm. months and and i i haven't really delved too deeply into how the pandemic has impacted the world of nearshoring outsourcing things like that um I'd just be yeah. curious to see the challenges and the opportunities that maybe it's presented yeah uh, yeah so it's been very interesting so there are multiple challenges and, and opportunities actually um, and the first one was when everything started to lock down, the first worry that we had was like, how many customers are going to die because they, 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 they lose their revenue from, you know, uh, from, I mean, from one day to the other. And actually one of the, the company that has been purchased by ASICS, which is a, a sports events registration platform in Australia. So it's the leader in Australia and New Zealand actually lost their revenue um, for four months, they, they were making zero and then they had to issue millions of dollars in refunds. And they had this, I mean, they still have a pretty sizable team uh, with us. We had another client that was kind of like a WeWork thing. And so they also lost their entire revenue and they had to shut down, I mean, their development operations. So it, for us, it was a bit of a scary time because this all happened in the first three, four weeks of the, of the pandemic. And you know, being building the company for these last 12 years, I was like, oh my God. And, you know, every, all our eggs, I mean, all my eggs are in the, in, in, in yeah. this. Uh, this I can basket. only imagine. I can only imagine. So yeah. I was slightly worried. Um, but luckily for us, um, we were toying the idea of, of allowing a few employees to work remote. Um, but we, we weren't able to, uh, action this because we were afraid of like um, the equity for it would have been to be fair for everybody because I think everybody would want to work from home and we didn't find the, the way to do that but then March 13 or 14 arrived and then so everybody had to be sent home um, and it went actually really super smoothly we, in two days we had completely made the company fully remote um, and it has remained so um, ever since. And we are, have decided to become a, a fully remote company with not requiring any of the employees to come back to the office unless their internet connection is not working well um, because they need to keep on working with, uh, with, uh, with our, I mean, our clients. So that's, that's that was really great. And the reason um, uh, it's great is because uh, clients have noticed an improvement in quality uh, and, and I would say productivity also. 
And the reason is because there's a lot less commute. People are happier because they can spend more time with their families or like me, they can travel uh, the world and then still be working um, um, effectively, right? And so I think the quality of life has improved quite a lot. Um, that's, that's also, I mean, I think that's an, an important step. And it's the same with our clients. Most of them are now remote, and, um, and um, which means that for a lot of companies, um, and that's where it becomes really interesting for us, is a lot of companies now are like, oh, so why would I pay someone $150,000 a year um, when, I could, when I can't see that person physically, uh, where I could get someone maybe for you know, a third or half of the price elsewhere? And um, that's one thing. And the second thing that has really, I think, helped us in terms of sales um, is the fact that New Zealand and Australia have completely shut their borders. And a lot of the skilled labor was allowed to come in as immigration. um, And this has not happened. So the prices of software developers in Australia and New Zealand has completely skyrocketed. And, And a lot of companies are, I mean, really struggling to hire people because there's Big startups like Canva or, or Atlassian, who, who does Jira, uh, who are hiring like crazy because also their businesses have been positively impacted by COVID. So which is creating an incredible crunch in these countries. And if we are smart about how we advertise and how we present ourselves, um, then we can, I mean, we can benefit from that. And we are actually benefiting from it because we've been absolutely, I mean, all the developers that we are hiring are yeah, going I can to only imagine right you're probably inundated with uh, business. I, I think that uh, one of the things that I, I would say that the pandemic will be remembered as is that it really is kind of that watershed moment where we've really transitioned from the old kind of the old right. uh, world where we were where, where we were talking about digital to, the digital world and to absolutely and really and, and it's it's so palpable now and to see that and i can see uh how you guys have participated in that and also played a key role in growing it so frederick as you look forward tell me more about uh what your plans are for arkansas uh, over the next year or so yeah so um I think the first focus really is to increase the deal flow that we have with ventures. I mean, our recent successes, uh, we're, I mean, super happy about, and we are going to be able to really tell nice stories about that because it really is an extremely uh, nice story for our clients. And we're very happy to have been part of that uh, journey with them, which would probably also convince a lot more companies that, okay, this model can actually work and, uh, uh, they can really benefit from it because um, we are really have now two two out of ten investments are exiting uh, and and all of the, all of our investments are still alive which is um, which is great we don't know if if they will all survive but um, it's also very positive so it can show other companies that are struggling maybe to you know go as fast as they want to to increase uh, their their development capabilities and and their valuation and so on. So that's one thing we're going to focus. The second thing we have to keep on focusing on, I think is the culture uh, inside the company to retain our talent because that's really, I mean, the core of our business is uh, our clients trust us because we are able to keep really good talent with us. And so we have to keep on on working really hard on that. And that's mostly the work of my business partner, Alan, who's doing an incredible job with the culture, the benefits we're offering to, to our uh, employees and, and, and all that stuff. 
And um, I think the, the other part that we are thinking about is trying to find other countries where we can have developers from with uh, the Arcanist processes and what has been making us, I think, successful for our clients, um, and which would give us access to other markets. For example, Europeans, they like nearshoring um, a lot more than, uh, I mean, uh, farshoring, if I can say that. So when we tell Europeans we're in the Philippines, the guys are like, where is that? Um, you know, and, and so if we told them we are in Eastern Europe, uh, I think it would be a lot easier to um, uh, to sell. And that's why we're so successful with Australia and New Zealand is because we're, in terms of time zones, we're super close. It's just one, you know, one plane away. And, um, and of course, the language and the culture is close. So, so it's working well. So that's what we want to achieve for Europe as well. Well, much. I mean, I can see so much potential and, and certainly as almost every business shifts at least a percentage of their work into some type of an outsourcing model. I mean, I, I don't know how any business can really grow without doing something like this. It's finding the right teams that can offer you that structure, the protocols yeah. that you need and the quality. And it really sounds like what you have been able to build at Arcanus really offers that. And, and the Arcanus Ventures element sounds fascinating because uh, one of the challenges obviously getting going is everyone wants to move quickly, but they just don't have the resources to perhaps hire all the developers. And that sounds like, mm. sounds like if you're able to offer a way to partner in that area, that's incredible. Uh, Frederick, it's been great to talk to you. If someone wanted to learn more about what Arcanist is working on, where should they find you? Yeah, uh, so they could find us on, on LinkedIn, so um, by searching for, for Arcanist uh, or uh, simply on arcanist.com. So that's A-R-C-A-N-Y-S.com uh, on our website. And um, they could also reach to me by, by email at fred at arcanist.com. Um, and I'd, I'd be happy to, to have a chat. That's excellent. Well, we've been speaking with Frederick Joy. He is the co-founder of Arcanis. Arcanis is a software development outsourcing company, really delivering solutions uh, around the world, but uh, really pulling resources currently from Asia. And it sounds like they're about to expand to other markets. Uh, they've launched a very, very successful Arcanis Ventures arm, which supports entrepreneurs as they develop new solutions and they need more developer resources. And so, Frederick, thank you so much for being on Uncage today. If, thank you, Vance. Uh, I look forward to having you back on and hearing more about the success of the business. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers.